As Thor strode westward over the tundra, he gazed upon a formidable rank of mountains that loomed behind him. They were a fearsome sight, some resembling upturned ships, others resembling unfinished pyramids and monstrous cones with their tops sawn off, and none of them were smiling. In the late morning, Thor left the wilderness behind and made his way across scrub and undulating land. It wasn't long before he arrived at a swift and deep channel, known as a sound. The air was utterly still, and the sun shone brightly, casting a dazzling hand on the water. Although the water seemed barely to move, Thor knew he needed to cross it. On the far bank, he spotted a figure sprawled in the midday sun, with his flat-bottomed boat lounging beside him. Thor bellowed across the water. Hey, you over there? Are you the ferryman? The figure stirred and sat up, cupping his hands to see who was calling. Who is that oaf yelling over the water? He grumbled. Ferry me across, Thor called back. I'll pay you well from this pannier. He eased his thumbs under the shoulder straps. It's packed out with fine fare, and I've eaten as much as I can already. I had a glut of herrings and a pool of porridge before I set out. The ferryman slowly got to his feet and pulled his hat well down over his head. You're pleased with yourself, aren't you? he said, eyeing Thor. Ah, if only you knew what lies in store for you. When you near home, you'll hear nothing but moans. Your mother is dead. My mother dead, cried Thor, taken aback by the news. He screwed up his eyes and screwed up his whole face. What grief could be greater? After hearing of his mother's passing, Thor was in no mood for the ferryman's insults. But the ferryman continued to taunt him, calling him barefoot and beggar's clothes. Thor demanded the ferryman bring over his boat, assuring him there was no need to be afraid, as he would guide him in. The ferryman, however, took his time, turning his back on Thor to continue his taunts. Whose ferry is that? repeated Thor, trying to get some information from the man. Hildal, thy slaughtering wolf, entrusts it to me, replied the ferryman, grinning grimly. He's a wise man. He lives on Rathsey, the Isle of Council, and he has given me my orders. No pilferers, no horse thieves, only worthy men and well-known faces. So, if you want to cross here, tell me your name, continued the ferryman, clearly enjoying the exchange. I'll tell you, thundered Thor, unwilling to be intimidated. I am Odin's son. I am Mele's brother, Magni's father, strongest of the gods. You, ferryman, you're talking to Thor. His words made waves on the sound, running straight across the channel and breaking at the ferryman's feet. The ferryman, unimpressed, revealed his name was Harburg. Why should you hide it? Or am I talking to an outlaw caught up in some feud? Questioned Thor, hoping to gain some leverage in the conversation. What if you are? Retorted Harburg. Unless I'm fated, I can look after myself against the likes of you. Thor clenched his fist and rubbed it against his beard, staring at the cold water. You're not worth the trouble of wading across this channel and getting soaked up to the waist. But I'll repay you, you knock-kneed ferryman, when I get across this sound he exclaimed, but Harbert stood his ground, putting his hands on his hips. Here I stand, and here I'll wait. You've not met my equal since you fought Hrungnir. Thor wasn't about to back down. You want to talk about Hrungnir, do you? He asked. That lolloping giant, do you know his head was made of stone? And yet I killed him. I laid him out lifeless. And you, Harbert, what were you doing meanwhile? Harbert replied, I spent five winters with Fjolvar on the island of Algron. There was plenty to do. There we fought. We sank our shafts into heroes and virgins. Thor rubbed his beard, considering the man's words. How did you win them, your women? He asked, curious despite himself. They welcomed us with good grace. Yes, with high spirits, 
said Harbert, opening his arms, and they were well advised to do so, for they could no more have escaped us than make ropes of sand or dig the bottoms out of valleys. I was the one they turned to first. I slept with seven sisters, and each one gave me ecstasy. And you, Thor, what were you doing, meanwhile? I killed the fierce giant Theazi and hurled the eyes of Alvaldi's son into scalding heaven, Thor boasted, trying to one-up Harbard. They bear witness to my feats. Everyone can see them. And you, Harbard, what were you doing meanwhile? I enticed night riders from their husbands. I wrought lovecraft with those witches, Harbard replied, unfazed. And that giant Hlebard, he was not made of straw. He gave me a magic branch, and I whipped his wits off him. Thor wasn't impressed. So that's how you repay a generous gift, he muttered. But Harbert simply shrugged. The oak grows strong on shavings from all sides, he shouted across the shining water. Each man for himself. And you, Thor, what were you doing meanwhile? I journeyed east to Jotunheim. I slaughtered slovenly giant women as they shambled over the fells, Thor continued, his voice growing more animated. If they were still alive, there would be a terrible throng of giants and no men in Midgard. And you, Harbert? What were you doing, meanwhile? I was the cause of war in Yalin, the land of slaughter. I set princes at each other's throats. I thwarted peace, Harbard replied, his voice cool and steady. Thor listened to the ferryman's words. His brow creased in thought. After they've fallen in the fight, the nobly born journey to Odin, Harbard continued. But Thor, he caters for a great gang of thralls. I see how even-handed you'd be in your gifts of men to the gods, Thor retorted unimpressed. Not that you have any say in the matter. Your limbs are strong, but your heart is faint, jeered the ferryman. Such was your fear. You were glad enough once to crawl into a glove, and there you forgot your name. Thunderer, you were so scared Fjallar might hear you that you didn't dare fart or sneeze. You womanish ferryman, Thor growled, feeling his anger rising. I'd swipe you straight down to hell if I could reach over this sound. Why bother, said Harbert smoothly, with a voice like oil. We have no quarrel. And you, Thor, what did you do next? Away in the east, I patrolled the bank of the Iving. Svarang's sons tried their luck there. Thor continued, trying to change the subject. But suddenly he stooped and picked up a block of stone, hurling it over the sound with a mighty roar. Harbard stepped hurriedly out of the way, and the boulder buried itself in the bank beside him. Like that, yelled Thor, feeling a sense of satisfaction. They threw boulders, much good it did them. Then they begged for a truce. And you, Harbard... What were you doing meanwhile? I was in the east, too, and came to a certain understanding. Harbert replied, his voice low and mysterious. I turned the head of a linen-white maid, and we met in secret. I aroused that lady wearing gold ornaments, and then I enjoyed her. A woman well found, said Thor, his interest piqued. I could have done with your help, called Harbert, his voice teasing, to hold that white maid down. I wish I'd been with you, shouted Thor eagerly. I'd have been only too ready, and I'd have trusted you, said Harbert evenly, if you were not known for breaking promises. No, called Thor. That's not true. I'm no heel-biter like an old leather shoe in spring. And you, Thor, what were you doing meanwhile? A range of rugged mountains loomed behind Thor, their peaks jagged and sawtoothed. Some resembled upturned vessels, others resembled unfinished pyramids, and all of them wore a forbidding expression. Thor strode across the tundra, and the sun kept pace with him. But then, in the late morning, he left the wilds behind and hastened across scrubby terrain that rose and fell. At last, he came upon a swift and deep channel. The air was utterly still there, 
and the sun shone down upon the water, its brilliance almost blinding. On the far bank, a figure lounged in the midday sun, with his flat-bottomed boat resting nearby. Hey, bawled Thor, and his voice reverberated across the channel. You there, are you the ferryman? The figure stirred and sat up, cupping his hand. Who is that oaf yelling over the water? Ferry me across, called Thor. I'll pay you well from this pannier. He eased his thumbs under the shoulder straps of the pannier. It's packed with fine fare, and I've eaten as much as I can already. I had a glut of herrings and a pool of porridge before I set out. The ferryman slowly rose to his feet, pulling his hat down over his head. You're pleased with yourself, aren't you? He sneered. Ah, if only you knew what lies in store for you. When you're near home, you'll hear nothing but moans. Your mother is dead. My mother dead, cried Thor, his face twisting in anguish. What grief could be greater? The ferryman began to insult Thor, mocking his ragged clothing and lack of property. Thor demanded the ferryman bring his boat over, but the ferryman refused to transport him, claiming that he only ferried worthy men and well-known faces. When Thor asked for the ferryman's name, the man identified himself as Harbard and taunted Thor with stories of his own deeds, including enticement of married women and instigating war. Thor grew increasingly angry and threatened to strike the ferryman with his hammer, but Harbert continued to provoke him with insults and accusations. Harbert claimed that Thor's wife was unfaithful and suggested that Thor focus his anger on her lover instead of him. After a lengthy exchange, Harbert refused to ferry Thor across the channel and instead directed him on a long and arduous journey to reach his home. Thor departed in a rage, with the ferryman's mocking laughter ringing in his ears. As he made his way across the barren landscape, a sandstorm whipped up around him, obscuring his vision of the distant mountains.